1: Now, enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston.
2: The title of the message today is What to Do When Nothing Makes Sense. What to do when nothing makes sense. In the last couple of years, natural disasters, terrorist activities and wars have brought death and destruction to millions of people around the world. In the U.S., hurricanes, tornadoes, disastrous fires, gun violence have taken their toll in human lives and the destruction of property. Millions of people no longer have a sense of security in a world that seems to be spinning out of control. So what do you do when life seems to be out of control and nothing seems to make sense? The story of Job can be very instructive in the midst of our concern about all that is happening in our world, in our personal lives and in the lives of family members. Job was the wealthiest man of his time. He was the Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos of his age. One day, he lost everything to terrorists and to uh, natural disaster. He lost his business, he lost his career, he lost his family, he lost all of his possessions, and later, he even lost his health. Everything Job had was taken away from him in a single day. The first thing that Job did was to fall in the ground, or after he had shaved his head, fall in the ground, face down, and worship God. So how do you do that? How do you worship God in a tragedy? When everything around you seems to make no sense at all? How do you keep your eyes on Jesus when they are full of tears? In the book of Job, we learn the four things that we can do when we are in a situation that does not make any sense. The first thing to do is tell God how you feel. Tell God how you feel. Just unload all of your feelings. Let God hear it. Let it all come out. As um, Jeremiah says in Lamentations chapter 2 and verse 19, Get up, cry out in the night, even as the night begins. Pour out your heart like water in prayer to the Lord. Lift up your hands in prayer to him. Tell God all the emotions that are bottled up inside of you. Tell God just how you feel. God can handle your emotions. He made you. He gave you these emotions. He can handle your doubts. He can handle your anger. He can handle your fear. He can handle your questions, your confusion, your grief. So the first thing that Job did when he lost everything was to tell God how he felt. And uh, if you look at Job chapter 7 and verse 11, he says, I cannot keep from speaking. I must express my anguish. My bitter soul must complain. He said Job is brutally honest with God. He tells God exactly how he feels. And I hope many of you will take the opportunity to read the book of Job sometime. Because in the first part of the book, he expresses confusion. God, why did you allow this to happen to me? In the second part of the book, he expre- expresses complaint. I don't like what you have allowed to happen to me, God. And the third part, he gives some bold accusations against God. He says, God, do you know what you're doing? Are you really in charge? Are you really so loving? Are you really so great? Bold accusations about God, and God handled it. You see, God can handle our questions and our anger. So when you face a tragedy or an unexplainable situation in life, the correct response is not grin and bear it or to utter pious platitudes. It's to be honest before God and tell him exactly how you feel. Honesty is the best policy. In fact, at the end of the book of Job in chapter 42, God commends Job for being honest. All of the godly people in the Bible did the same thing. David at one time said, God, I've taken the worst that you can hand out, and I'm fed up. And God handled that. In fact, he called David a man after his own heart. Although Job questioned God's actions, he never stopped trusting him. David was the same way. Listen to David in Psalm 116 and uh, verse, verse 10 and 11. I kept on believing, even when I said, I'm completely crushed, even when I was afraid and said, no one can be trusted. Now, when you look at this, it, it seems like a contradiction. I have faith, but I'm wiped out. I believe, but I'm ruined. I trust God, but my life really stinks. Now, it may appear to be a contradiction, but it's actually a statement of faith. The Bible teaches that complaining to God in honesty is actually an act of faith. Because first, you believe that there is a God. And second, you believe that He listens to your prayers and third you believe that he lets you say what you need to say and he still loves you that's an act of faith so the first step in connecting with God in the midst of uh, troubles and trials and situations that that um, you do not know how to handle is to tell God how you feel but the second step is to Praise God in spite of the circumstances. Praise God in spite of the circumstances. You're going to go through troubles and trials, tragedies. You're going to lose loved ones. You're going to find things going wrong in your life, whether you want them or not. There are times when what's going on makes no sense at all but you praise God in spite of the circumstances. You don't wait for an explanation because there are some things in this world that's not going to be explained until you get to the other side. Right. See, so when you get to heaven, you're going to look back and God is going to show you why things happened the way they did. Amen. But you are not going to know now You have to wait until later. So don't wait for an explanation. Just praise God in spite of the circumstances. And this is what Job did when he lost everything that he had in one day. It's almost impossible to imagine uh, that happening to anybody. But look at Job chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. In all of this, Job did not sin by blaming God Job praised God in spite of everything that was happening in his life he said the book of Job is all about one question will a person continue to worship God if he or she loses everything or will a person continue to follow God to love God if everything goes wrong in his or her life We could put it another way. Would you continue to follow God, to trust God, to love God, if everything went wrong in your life? That is the ultimate test of faith. And I want to tell you that at some point in your life, you are going to have some difficult experiences, maybe tragedies, loss of loved ones, and that will be a test. You're going to go through a time when it looks like everything in your life is going wrong. And God is going to watch and see if you will still trust him. Yes, that's right. Will you still trust him when the rug is pulled out from under you? Uh-huh. Will you trust him when what's going on does not make any sense? Well, this is the ultimate test of faith. That's right. Because not all of your prayers are going to be answered the way you want them to be answered and in the time frame that you want them to be answered so why can we praise God in spite of the circumstances because the circumstances of life do not change the truth about God Job praised God for six different things and we can praise God for them also You see, Job praised God for being a good and loving God, chapter 10, verse 12, for for being all-powerful, chapter 36 and verse 22. He praised him for noticing every detail of his life, chapter 23 and verse 10. He praised him for being in control, chapter 34 and verse 13. He praised him for having a plan for his life chapter 23 and verse um, and verse 14, and he praised him for his protection, chapter 5 and verse 11. Right. Yeah. But there is another example in the Bible of praising God in spite of the circumstances. Habakkuk, one of the minor prophets, wrote a, a book called uh, called After Him. In the book of Habakkuk, Chapter after chapter, Habakkuk complains to God. He says, God, I don't like what's going on in my country. Here is a country that's trying to live for you, and a godless country has attacked it. Why don't you do something about it, God? Why are you letting ungodly people attack us? Habakkuk is upset. He's mad, and he cries out to God. He questions God about what's going on, just like Job. But at uh, the end, uh, Habakkuk says in, in chapter 3, 17 and, and, and 18, Even though the fig trees have no fruit and no grapes grow on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no corn, Even though the sheep all die and the cattle stalls are empty, I will still be joyful and glad because the Lord God is my Savior. So Habakkuk is saying, in other words, I'm going to affirm my faith. And no matter what happens, I'm still going to trust you, God. I'm going to praise you in spite of the circumstances number three step three ask God for strength ask God for strength so when your heart is breaking and you are confused and when you are angry because of a tragedy or a devastating loss you don't turn away from God you turn to him So when you don't understand that the circumstances don't run from God, run to him. And there are many people who, when trouble comes in their lives, will stop coming to church. Something that they can't handle, and rather than being in the place where God can meet them, they stay away and they miss, they miss the answers that God has and the blessings that God has for them. That's it. That's it. Amen. Psalm 105, verse 4, says, Go to the Lord for help and worship him continually. And Job 12, 11 and 12, We hear with our ears, taste with our tongues, and gain some wisdom from those who have lived a long time. But God is a real source of wisdom and strength. This is the very first words um, many people utter when they are going through a tragedy or they see something which is tragic or facing a situation uh, which they have no control over is, oh my God. I'm sure you have said the same thing. So they're not crying out to themselves; they're crying out to God because they know that they need God's help. Amen. Psalm three verses five and six says, "I sleep and wake up refreshed because you, Lord, protect me. Ten thousand enemies attack from every side, but I am not afraid." You see, the first sign of stress in a tragedy or grief mm-hmm. due to loss of a loved one is that you can't fall asleep. On, see, when you're under stress, your mind won't, won't stop. Yeah. You can't turn it off. You toss and turn. You can't stop thinking about the situation. You grieve. You, you're angry. You're upset. Right. And you can't get any sleep. Mm-hmm. And God says, you know Why? because you are trusting in your own strength you are not trusting in my strength so Psalm 37 and verse 39 and 40 David says the Lord saves the righteous and protects them in times of trouble he helps them and rescues them he saves them from the wicked because they go to him for protection so where do I get the strength to handle the crises of life there's only one place God and we could say worship because when you focus on God that's what worship is you're focusing on God so you're not only worshiping when you come to church on Sunday but you're worshiping all through the week Wherever you are, because you're focused on God, you're talking to him, and that is worship. And when you do that, it's like plugging into a power source. That power, God's power, can flow into our lives as we worship him and praise him and thank him for all that he has done. You see, as we pray, as we talk to him, as we praise him, as we think about him, it all comes from worship. From focusing on God. Amen. But uh, number four, the fourth step, and last one, is keep your focus on God and His promises. Keep your focus on God and His promises. That means don't just come to church on a Sunday and uh, sing the hymns of Zion and listen to a, a message. And then you leave, and that's about it for the week. You say, that's not going to do you any good. You need to focus on God continually. You stay connected to him. You keep in touch with him. You talk to him constantly. You read his word. There are 7,000 promises of God in the Bible. But how can you claim any of those promises if you don't know what they are? You have to stay connected and keep focused on God and his promises and they will give you hope. Look at what the Apostle Paul has to say in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16 through 18. He says, we never give up. Our bodies are gradually dying, but we ourselves are being made stronger each day. These little troubles are getting us ready For an eternal glory that will make all our troubles seem like nothing. Things that are seen don't last forever, but things that are not seen are eternal. That is why we keep our minds on the things that cannot be seen. Now here Paul is giving us uh, three reasons why we don't get discouraged. One, we know that all troubles are temporary. They don't last. Two, we know that God is using them for a greater eternal purpose. And three, we are keeping our eyes on God. Now, our society sometimes can be shaken by the things that are happening for which there are no answers. The natural disasters, the gun violence, the man's inhumanity to man, and even by the partisan political gridlock that we see in in Washington. But the sovereign power of God cannot be shaken. Jesus says in, in John chapter 16 verse 33, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. It's because Jesus is my Savior. I'm not afraid of all the possible things that could happen to me in this life. My personal relationship to God through Jesus Christ is something that I can never lose. My eternal destiny has been secured by God himself. That cannot be taken away from from me. I could lose everything else in life. I could lose my family. I could lose my health. I could um, lose literally everything like Job. But there's one thing that can never be taken from me or from you, and that is our relationship with Jesus Christ. See, our security is not in anything in this world. So we don't have to fear the circumstances we have to face in this life you see whenever I conduct a funeral it reminds me that all of us inevitably are going to face death 100% of us in this room are going to die so what then have you made your peace with God are you ready to meet your maker do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ do you know that you are a citizen of God's kingdom? Yeah. If not, what are you waiting on? Come on. Well. Fluffy Sparks lived alone in a one bedroom house in Seidel, Louisiana. She sat in her wheelchair and did the only thing she could think of when Hurricane Katrina's floodwaters rushed into her home. She prayed. She said, I prayed like I've never prayed in my life. Unable to leave, she sat terrified at the water, slowly rising past her ankles and up her shoulders and finally to her chin. She said, I told God, I can't believe you're going to, you're ready for me now. Don't let me die in this water here by myself. She managed to pull herself onto her small kitchen table. Miraculously, the water stopped rising just as it reached the table, table top. table stop. Fluffy Sparks was a woman of faith. She knew the Lord, and so she prayed to him, and her life was miraculously saved. So how about you? Hmm. Do you have a relationship with Christ like that? Fluffy sparks? Do you have a friend in Jesus? You see, Jesus knows when you are in danger or peril. He knows when you are afraid or fearful. He knows when you are sick in your body. He knows when your troubles pile high. He knows when you have gone as far as you can go. He knows when your nights are dark and lonely. He knows when you are hurting within. He knows when you are broken in spirit, when you are burdened with care, when you're confused and frustrated. He knows when you're tempted and tried, and he knows what to do in each and every case. He's always ready to answer our prayers. He is always patient or present to comfort you when you lose a loved one, he is always prepared to help you through your adverse circumstances. He's always equipped to supply your needs, whatever they may be. And his mercy, love, and grace are always sufficient no matter what life throws at you. He is the best friend you and I could ever have. And this is why the hymn writer says, What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Amen.
1: Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street, at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617 427-0424.